Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. Well, how's it going? Lonely? Is that is that a fair response? I think that's a fair response. I'm going to guess that a lot of listeners are feeling the same way. They're feeling isolated, Amy. Yeah, it They're is feeling a, distanced. It is a strange thing. You know, I had a thought a few weeks back where I just, I was looking at my upcoming schedule and had a really busy travel season about three weeks that I had a lot of trips and I was thinking, oh man, I'm, I'm dreading that. I wish I could just breathe. And boy, they're all canceled and I got nothing but time at home now. It's very busy. It's actually, I, I feel like I have been busier this week than many other weeks have been just completely packed wall-to-wall meetings and and interactions with people, but it's all over my computer screen. Yeah. Well, a a lot of your meetings, to be honest, are all over your computer screen because if you meet with people at the EC, you're you're not here. Yes. But here is is something I have noticed um, is that when I am the one that is kind of meeting from the computer screen, but a lot of other people are in an office... Lots of meetings happen where folks just are kind of interacting with each other there. And sometimes I'll get a message that says, hey, we need to pipe you into this. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'll have some. I'll have several scheduled throughout the week where I'm on a screen and everybody else is in the room. Now, so many people that I interact with are doing so remotely. And so they, they're scheduling a lot more meetings. So I keep... Yes. So I'm having a lot more interaction with folks. It seems like a lot of things are getting done because we're in a time where a lot needs to get done. A lot of resources need to be provided, a lot of support. And so that's good. It's It's been beneficial and productive, but it is different. Yes, it is. So. And one of the questions we get a lot is, how do you guys do the podcast? Right. How do, how do y'all do it? You know, and we, we tell them over Zoom. And they go, oh, okay. And you kind of tell, like, they didn't really know what Zoom, everybody knows what Zoom is now. Everybody knows what Zoom is now, yes. So, actually, last night, and this has been really interesting to sort of walk through this with my parents, because uh, my my parents are at a, a small church in Tennessee, and so they've got all kinds of new things that they're doing. I mean, there's no capacity for live streaming, anything like that. So on Wednesday night, my dad did his first Facebook Live ever where he taught his Wednesday night class. Uh, but then he asked me yesterday, how can I keep my men's group going? He had a group of men that are reading books together and things. How can I keep my men's group going? There's about 12 of us and we usually meet at a restaurant, but that's not an option anymore. And I said, well, I think Zoom is your answer. And he said, what's that? So last night... We taught them to use Zoom. Keith went to one part of the house. I went. I was in another part of the house, and my parents were on Zoom. And we did a meeting with the three of us to show them like how all the features work and and stuff. So, like you said, no one. We we've been doing this for about four or five years now. Everyone else is they're they're on Zoom all the time now. So yes. We all of us are on Zoom all the yeah. time. It seems. I, yeah. I think I've spent more time on Zoom this week than I have like in meeting or not just like in meetings, but just by myself working. 
Right. So it's been but crazy. are you noticing uh, that evenings are really different? Like we don't have places to go. We don't have, you know, the kids don't yes. have activities to get to. So all of a sudden we're just hanging out. Yeah. I remember whenever you came on the team about six months ago saying, you know, this, this job is going to really let me hopefully spend a lot more time with the kids. You know, they're growing up. They've only got a couple of years left in the house for college. And I was like, well, this week you've had plenty of time to spend with them. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. And me too. My, my kids are out in the school. I mean, everybody's kids are out of school. Everybody's kids are home. So right. we're getting to, to really hang out together. So that's been fun. It's been, we've been able to do some fun things. So uh, just here at the house, you know, movie right. nights and different things like that. Right. So, right. Good stuff. All right. Well, obviously the reason that we're talking about this and spending so much time together and being on Zoom is because of the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 that is going around and has us kind of self-isolated. Uh, yes. Know, uh, in our families. Yeah. Uh, we, we're, we're doing our part here. I know uh, a lot of events have been canceled. You and I both had conferences to go to in April that have been canceled. T4G has been canceled. We've gotten a lot of questions about the annual meeting. We don't have an update right now. Uh, the annual meeting scheduled for June. We hope to have something more definitive in the coming days and weeks about that. So stay tuned here to SBC this week. You'll, you'll find out here in uh, Baptist Press if anything changes with the annual meeting. But Amy, we're going to jump into the news this week, and we start with the North American Mission Board, who I think becomes the first national entity to enact uh, budget changes and some some safeguards in place because of the, the economic downturn we're going through right now as a result. This has really been sort of a domino experience as everyone is, is uh, dealing with in their own lives and ministries that what really began as a public health crisis now becomes an economic crisis um, simply because people can't be out and it has all these ripple effects. And it's been interesting to me how for a long time we have been discussing the effects of an economy that is increasingly dependent on technology. But the thing that is really hitting us hard is when we've taken away the ability to interact face-to-face -face on a regular basis. So it demonstrates how much our economy is uh, dependent on people. And I think yeah. that's a, a huge a huge thing. But in the face of that, the North American Mission Board is beginning. They are implementing a series of budgetary freezes and cutbacks that are designed to keep missionaries on the field. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what they are doing, Jonathan. Well, you mentioned the budget freezes, but also they, they've cut back on travel for personnel as well as postponed events through May the 31st. They are doing everything they can to keep funding the church plants that are going on in North America. So uh, their first priority is to keep funding church planters and church plants, uh, those missionaries that they reference across North America, and, and kind of cutting out all the, the events and other things, the travel that they've got for their staff uh, that goes along. You know, that, that helps it, that, that boosts things, the evangelism initiatives, who's your one, those kind of things. Uh, those are critical for North American Mission Board. Uh, but they're kind of pausing that right now until we get to May the 31st. So right. this comes kind of out of a response to what they're anticipating would be a kind of dramatically lower Annie Armstrong Easter offering because churches aren't meeting right now in the thick of Annie Armstrong promotion and right. collection. That's usually over and above people's tithe. And right now, that's even kind of in, in peril with churches. So... They are recognizing that and also recognizing that 
they have planters all over North America who are also getting hit. Like their yeah. church plants are not meeting. Many of them are bivocational and perhaps their jobs that they use to support their family has, you know, if they work in an industry that all of a sudden is having layoffs or small businesses that can't be open right now. So this is hitting their missionary force very hard. And so just realizing they, if they're going to scale back, it has to start now. Yes. I mean, we're seeing this, I think, informally from a lot of the entities. This is the first one we've just seen a press release about it from. So I, I know that uh, our staff, we're cutting back and we've stopped to staff travel, obviously. I think everybody stopped travel, period. Right. But, you know, there, there's some different things that every entity, I think, is doing to prepare for this and state conventions, probably local associations as well. And local churches. So right. uh, affecting everything from the local church level all the way through the national entity level. Also, we mentioned the economy. I did a Facebook Live with David Speaker from Guidestone this week. We're going to put the link to that in the podcast as well. Talking about the stock market, the economy, different things related to the financial impact of COVID-19. Obviously, we're most concerned about the the human impact of COVID-19 and our churches and the impact that it's making on those. But there's also that financial aspect uh, that is part of this situation. And that is something that if you're interested in that, you can go over to the podcast uh, homepage, the SBC This Week, on the show notes for today, and we'll link to that Guidestone interview that I did with David Spica. So uh, just about 20 minutes. I thought that was excellent, by the way. Well, I thank learned you. I, I learned that. a ton, and um, Keith and I watched that together. We loved it, and so I highly recommend it to our listeners. Yes. I'm not just saying that because I hosted it, but partly because I did. Some good news out of the seminaries. I, I love that the seminaries are stepping up to help local churches here. I mean, they do that anyway, Amy. But, you know, everybody's going online now. But like you mentioned, your parents' church, very small church, they don't really have any online capabilities. A lot of churches are like that. And in the seminary areas, and I know some other local churches that are doing this too, but Southeastern and Midwestern are both offering studios for people to come into, preach their sermon via video, and be able to take that back, upload that, and send it out to their local churches. So a great little thing there from our seminaries, uh, adapting to what's going on, providing the resources that they have, keeping the social distance. That's right. Let's, you know, just be clear there. You know, you just walk in, stand in front of a camera. Six feet away. Sermon. Six feet apart. Yeah, exactly. Six feet away, uh, at least. And then you have a, a product that you can send out to your people. If you don't already have the capability to do that, seminaries are stepping up, making that happen. I know some churches are doing that as well. So it's great to see that. If your church can do that, I would highly encourage you to do so with churches yeah. in your area. Also, Southwestern Seminary has announced a virtual preview initiative. I know this is something that the, the seminaries are a big, you know, they have these big preview days and people come and flocking onto campus and can't do that. They don't can't do that. That's can't right. do that anymore. So yeah. I, I know all the seminaries have these these spring preview days, and those are usually the big ones because people typically enroll mostly in the fall, and they don't have that. So Southwestern has, has started a virtual preview day. I think a couple of the other seminaries, I've seen them announcing similar intentions. So be on the lookout for that. So I, I would encourage you, if you know people that are in, interested in seminary, don't just think that the online is the option right now that, that they need to kind of just go into. Right. I would highly encourage the on-campus as well. I think all of our seminaries would say that uh, the, the experience on-campus versus online offers a, a deeper relational connection, 
uh, and it just a, a different experience. So right. uh, do check those out, those virtual previews. Uh, Southwestern, I know, has that. I think the others are coming online with those too. And also Southwestern, they've launched an eight-week online course system for their MA degree. So something I'm familiar with, my MA degree was a very similar uh, eight-week terms. So uh, they're offering that for their master's in theological studies. Yeah. And what's interesting is they were already working on this. Yeah. An eight-week online course structure. So it, it this is about um, platforms. They already had online courses, but this was about taking the online platform and modifying it in a way that a course could be taken in eight weeks and then it, they would um, have the intensive offerings that people could get, could really get their MA that they, you know, if, if people could commit to at least two hours of work, six days per week, they could keep pace in them and they could get, get through their degree program. Well, man, it got ready just in time because now all of a sudden, online education, that's the only way. And so that's kind of a, a cool announcement that they had been working on and now people need. And, and a lot of them are the core offerings, like Old Testament one, New Testament one, Baptist Heritage, things that you need for a lot of the different programs that you can do in eight-week sessions. And I know if I'm taking a class and it's 16 weeks versus eight weeks and I get the same credit for it, <laughs> I mean, which one are you going to do, Amy? Right. But the, the, the other so. option is there too if you don't have that kind of condensed yes. time. You're doing a semester's worth of work right. in eight weeks. Right. So, so it allows, it's not it just, allows oh, I'll get options. it done quicker. It's like, right. oh, I've got a lot more. Yeah, I've got a lot more yeah. work to do in those eight weeks too. Yeah. So, and so it allows yeah, for it, it's options. It's kind of a trade off. Yeah, you can do it in a traditional way as well. So good to see that come online. Do want to point out one thing. Dr. Floyd sent out a a letter this week. We sent it out to our big email list, and you might have gotten that if you listened to the podcast and you've been to the annual meeting. You're probably on the email list. Probably got that letter from Dr. Floyd. I would encourage you to check that out. He he highlighted a lot of what's going on in the Southern Baptist Convention right now in a response to the COVID-19 pandemic. And we have that full letter over at Baptist Press. Uh, you can check that out in the show notes. We've linked to that as well. And uh, speaking of COVID-19, we're starting to see people that we know have it. You and I, Amy, have a friend who, who lives out of the country who has come down with COVID-19 right now. She's not hospitalized. Uh, we are still praying for her. She She's battling through this. And uh, I, I know that a lot of people that listening to us probably know people who have come down with COVID-19. And right. Sandy Patty. Yes. The CCM Sandy Patty. That's right. Sandy Patty tested positive for COVID-19. She posted a video on Facebook, says she's self-quarantining with her husband in Oklahoma. And she just really emphasized how important this practice of social distancing is, flattening the curve. Uh, she said, if you are not already practicing social distancing and staying home, do so now. This is what we can all do. This is how we stop the spread. At least as far as we know, she is at home. That's where she was when she made the video. So that's really good. Uh, but she is referring to something that's really important, that this issue of social distancing is about slowing it down. Because the problem that we've seen in other countries is uh, is hospitals getting over 
capacity and unable to treat people. And it's a ve- it can be very, very serious uh, for many when it is untreated. And so uh, particularly with the use of ventilators and things like that. So she just emphasized, stay home. We've got to slow this thing down. That was kind of a big one. I mean, I think the big one for everyone, as far as people we know, the first one was Tom Hanks. And then obviously some of the NBA players. Well, now we're moving into like a closer sphere that Sandy Patty is someone that maybe a lot of us grew up hearing and, and have a lot of awareness of. Um, and then you and I knowing someone personally as well. So there's a story on Baptist Press that just kind of goes over that and links to her Facebook video. Yeah. Praying for Sandy Petty. Also praying for Ravi Zacharias uh, was announced last week that he has cancer uh, called sarcoma as doctors have discovered a malignant tumor on his sacrum. Yes. So this was discovered in uh, during some back surgery. Uh, so his speaking plans, it said, have been postponed until the summer, which, uh, you know, of course, now I think that probably would have happened everywhere. But he had already had to do that as he focuses on on cancer treatment. You know, that's something that has been on my heart with people I I know and I, I you know, heard about someone I know last night who is battling cancer and had a kind of a setback and and had to go into the hospital that that's a a challenge right now because as we look at our hospitals reaching capacity we have a lot of we have a lot of people who need hospitals for other reasons um well i have a friend who just had a, a baby this week and we've got you and i both have have some friends that they're about to have a baby in a couple of weeks and then also people who are battling some of these really serious illnesses, uh, we got to have space for them too. So definitely just prayers for Ravi Zacharias and his team. Yeah. So one of the, the downsides of having a baby right now is you can't have friends and family visit you. Yeah. You're kind of, you're, you're there by yourself. Like you can't even have your parents come and, and see their grandkids kind of thing. And uh, so I know that's, that's kind of tough. Uh, for a lot of people right now, uh, we've got some, like you said, we've got some friends that are expecting and unfortunate timing on that. Uh, yes. And then finally, some some really tragic news out of Longview, Texas. Glenn Stone, the senior pastor at Moberly Baptist, was killed in an automobile accident yesterday. Uh, we're recording this on Friday morning. That happened late Thursday afternoon. Uh, Glenn, well known in the Southern Baptist Convention, I think served as the pastor's conference treasurer. In 2016, did I get That's that right? right? He, yes, yeah, the year John and, John Metter was the president yeah. that year. Yes, so Glenn had tragically lost his life in a car accident yesterday afternoon up in Longview, uh, one car accident, and uh, our prayers are out to the Marbley Baptist Church as well as the Stone family. Uh, just a tragic loss here in the Southern Baptist Convention. That's going to do it for our news this week and bring us to my favorite part of the week, This week in SBC history, Amy, blow our minds. I decided last week I really wanted to kind of hone in on what we were doing in times like this. This week, I just decided to look for just a little bit of relief or just a little bit of thinking about something else. Although it does get to the topic of tithing, which we... um, We know is just things are different now. Churches aren't meeting and that's tough. A lot of folks have opportunities for online giving. But we also know that now there probably are many church members in places that are being hit uh, and, and can't. So this is a topic that's on a lot of people's minds in the church world. And I actually found a story about giving that 
I just thought we'd give a little bit of maybe, I don't know if comic relief is the right word or what, but this is in 1958. So it's the March 21st issue of Baptist Press, and it shares a unique gift that the First Baptist Church of Alva, Oklahoma received. It's a very short story, so I'm just going to read the whole thing. The title is Church Offering System Faced with Unique Gift. So thinking through, we've been talking a lot about church offering systems over the last week. This says the First Baptist Church of Alva is going to have to find a new way to take Sunday offerings if it receives more like the one brought by a couple recently. Mr. and Mrs. H.W. Turner brought a Shetland pony to church as their offering. The church decided to sell the pony and deposit the sale price in the church budget. Now, what I want to bring up about this is the fact that, I mean, I've heard of situations where people maybe sell a piece of property and they give the the proceeds to the church or something. They brought the pony to church. They brought it? So they, they like gave the church little Sebastian? Basically, I think that's what happened. They brought the Shetland pony to church as their offering. So I saw this and thought, you know, we all just need to be able to take a minute and reflect on something that isn't super heavy. Was this in Pawnee, Oklahoma? Alva. (laughs) Well done. It was in Alva. And so First Baptist Church of Alva, Oklahoma. If we have any listeners there from First Baptist Church of Alva, I wonder if this is in your church records. That would be intriguing. I wonder if like they've buried little Sebastian out back. It says they sold him. Oh. And deposit the sale price in the budget. What I'm thinking through is like, let's talk about that decision making process. Did they well, have maybe to- they had ten of them. Maybe they had a litter. I did don't they, know if you have litters. Did they of, have you don't, to you don't do, have litters of Did they have ponies. to do a special called business meeting? Like, did they have to say, we've got to decide what to do with this pony? Did, you know, the church treasurer do? Like, what, how did they decide? Can you just imagine this conversation? And can you imagine the people when Mr. and Mrs. Turner showed up with the Shetland pony? I wonder if they like put it in the back of the car or like in the pickup truck or do they bring it in and a imagine, trailer? Or... And imagine the kids in the church who got really excited that a yeah. pony had been brought to the church and then the pony is sold and gone. So this just really, uh, you, you're seeing how stir crazy I am because my mind went in a thousand different directions with this really small two paragraph story. But for those who would like to read it, the link is in the show notes. So you can read it for yourself. And uh, like I said, we've been having a lot of conversations over the last week about unique ways of giving uh, to your church. If you're able, they were also talking about unique ways of giving in 1958, this week in SBC history. You cannot give a pony online, Amy. This is correct. I, I guess I guess you could. It'd be like kind of like uh the what's it called the the ones that give the goats and everything. Um, oh yeah, like uh, is that Samaritan's Purse that does that? No, it's not. It's the other one where you like buy a goat. You're buying a goat in another country that's going to go to like feed feed a family. So yeah. Heifer International. Yeah, so you yeah. can give a pony online, but not in the way that Mr. So. and Mrs. Turner were giving. No. It. 
So No, not at all. So there wow. you go. That's my gift to all of you. You didn't think little Sebastian was going to make an episode or appearance in this episode, did you? No. So First Baptist Alva has an online giving option through Tithely. There you go. It doesn't allow you it doesn't, doesn't allow, allow you to hook it up pony. to your to your pony account. That's right. So, That's right. All, all right. right. Well, that's amazing. It. I'm looking at the First Baptist Alva on uh, you know website right now. Obviously, they don't have anything about the pony on there. I really would there's, love to. There's know. no church history. I really would love to know. Did they keep like good? Did they keep church records and have they kept them from 1958? I would love to to know what that says. But maybe I'll mm. meet someone from Alva, Oklahoma, at some point. Yeah. Well, you never know. I mean, Pastor Chris Ruwalt may listen to us. Hey, if he does. We, I, w- I would love to hear from him. So maybe Derek Thomas, the student minister, Sean Caldwell, the minister of worship and <laughs> You're outreach. You're going to call them all know. out. Yes. If you call know any us, of these people, call us. Tell have us. Have them get in contact with us. Tell us what happened. All right. We need to know what happened to little Sebastian. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. That's I do. do it I do have that. a resource, by the way. Oh, you, we have resources. Okay. Yes. All right. So we have resources of the week. Amy, what is your resource of the week? My resource of the week is a Baptist Press article that posted yesterday on Thursday. Uh, it was actually done by the Baptist New Mexican staff, and it's on kids' discipleship resources during school closures. So Krista Peterson, the Baptist Convention of New Mexico's Associate Director of Children's Leadership Development, created a list of 15 ideas for home discipleship because we have a lot of kids now that are home because they're out of school. Uh, my my son, my, my daughter already does a kind of virtual schooling, but now my son is home. He's 14, but I know we got a lot of families that have younger kids, and they didn't have a plan to be homeschooling or to have everyone in the home. And so there's a great list of things that you can do to disciple your kids while they're at home. And I wanted to throw that out there. Okay. All right. Well, that's really good. Mine is also related to that. It is the list of resources from Lifeway. Uh, Lifeway has a ton of resources. I've been very, very impressed with uh, the content that Lifeway has put out during this to just really resourcing the church. They have done a fantastic job creating tools, creating training for churches that are working through how do we do church online. They provided free Bible study resources for LifeWay Kids, for the Gospel Project, LifeWay Women. They're getting digital curriculum they're pushing out. They're putting out family Easter event information. There's a coronavirus prayer guide that we we pushed out, I think, from our account this week. There's tons of articles, uh, a lot of stuff in English and Spanish. So if you, you need some Spanish resources, that's there as well. We're going to link to that entire list. They have a full landing page of all the resources that they are creating and pushing out in a very, very short window uh, that they're they're doing this. And it just it absolutely, it, it, the guys at Lifeway, Ben Mandrell, the entire crew, well done. Yes. Uh, this has just been a phenomenal job. Lifeway has really stepped up with a lot of content, a lot of information. I know B&H is offering some $5 book deals where you can meet for like six weeks because we're you know expecting this to go for maybe eight up to eight weeks possibly. Right. So you can get some books, do six-week studies. Uh, you know, get a case of books and everybody can have them. They they have a way that you can do that and drop those off at the church, drive through, pick up, those kind of things. Right. So a ton of resources from Lifeway. So Lifeway has just really stepped up to the plate here and really doing a great job resourcing the church in what is quite possibly one of the most difficult times we've seen for the church 
in in quite some time. So yes. uh, kudos to Lifeway and everybody over there for all that they've done. Yeah. Also, I want to make a note real quick that for those who have enjoyed Southern Seminary's SBTS Madness through oh, the yeah. years. Oh, I was going to mention that. And uh, if you're in withdrawal like me from March Madness yesterday. Every- Bel- it was Belmont's year, Amy. I it know, was right? Year. And every- they were going to win it all. I know. And... um. And throughout the day at points, I would remember yesterday, I'm supposed to be tracking basketball scores right now, and I'm not. And so it, I miss it terribly, especially the first, the first round games. That's, those are like the best two days of the year. But Southern Seminary's admissions department has revamped their SBTS madness. They are, uh, the, they've got, brackets that are kind of set up for what many anticipate it would have been and they're going to have run polls for every for every game and uh so the winners would be decided by polls of folks who think you know of who people think would have won and the books are attached to that so it's completely revamped it's going to launch next week so check that out as well we'll put that link in the show notes i'm voting for hersher york i don't know what he's running for or who he's up against but that's who i'm voting for so you're going to vote for the actual book. Now, see, that's... I'm going to vote for the author. All right, all right. That's an, that's an interesting thing here. Because it always was that a book is attached to a team, and then if that, yeah. if that, that team, team wins, move on, they that book advance. Moved on. All right. Yeah. But if polling is attached to this, are people going to vote for the team they think would have won, or are they going to vote for the book they want? I don't know. I'm going to vote for the author because I'm a people person and I like and you, people or, Southern, or the author. so I'd vote You're for them. Vote for the people. Or a lot of times... I have no idea who Dr. York is up against or if Dr. York's even in this. I, has he written... He's written a book, I'm sure. So, what? He, yes, he's written lots of I, books. I, I, don't, I didn't take any classes with him, <gasps> so I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't go to Southern. Oh. I'm sorry, Dr. York. He I still is... vote for him. And Amy would vote for your wife. Yes, actually, I was on his Pastor Well podcast. I think that's that episode is still forthcoming. But well, look at you! Fancy I'm going to give I'm going to give a little preview. He asked me, and this is completely true. He asked me the question of in all of my like times at at seminary, Southern and Southeastern, what my favorite class was. So I did an MA and I did half of it at Southern and half of it at Southeastern. I also took some courses in the uh, Seminary Wives Institute and no joke, still all of it. And I loved a lot of my classes Uh, out of all of it. My favorite still was Tanya York's class. And so that's what I said. And I, I said, I promise I am not saying this just because you're the one asking me, but Tanya York um, made a huge difference in my life. So maybe I'll vote for anything from Herschel York as well. Yeah, he d- he uh, did speaking with bold assurance, preaching with bold assurance, things like that. So, okay. yeah, All right. a lot of preaching, a lot of preaching titles. So. All right, so I, <laughs> this is funny, Amy. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now. And it shows what time we're recording this early in the morning. Just got a text from my wife. And last night I was cleaning out the fridge, got a couple of things. There was a a carton of eggs that had gone bad. We hadn't eaten, just a few eggs. I set them on the bumper of her car because my son was bringing in the Uh uh, trash can. 
So uh, they were old. They were going to the trash, and I put them on the trash. I put them on the bumper, and Ethan was bringing it in the trash can. And I said, "Ethan, hey, grab these, put them in the trash whenever you bring it up, because I was going back at the house." So he's like, "All right." Well, she just texted me from the church, which is twenty minutes away. Uh oh. Did you put a carton of eggs on my bumper? I said, yes. Ethan was supposed to put those in the trash. And she responds back, well, they made it to work with me. So that's pretty impressive. That's very the carton, impressive. The carton of eggs stayed on the bumper, didn't crack, obviously, because they didn't fall, and made it to work with her. So she was driving around town <laughs> with a carton of eggs <laughs> on the bumper. That's amazing. Can, can I you wa- imagine? I wonder if people saw. I don't know how you couldn't. It was just, the positive is there's not a lot of traffic, so right. a lot of people wouldn't see it. Right. But that's, how hilarious is that? That's really incredible. Okay. Well, congrats so, to Beth for her yeah. amazingly stable driving. Yes, that is how cautious a driver my wife is. There you go. So good for her. Yes. Well, well, well done, Beth. Yes. Um, and, and also, I just want to point out, if, if people don't understand the Little Sebastian reference, that's Parks and Rec. Yes. By the way, from the TV show. Yeah. In case, in case people are like, why Shet- does he keep calling the Shetland Pony? A, a famous Shetland Pony character. Yes. On a, it yeah. was like the, the, the big thing in the town. So Yes. There anyway. you go. All right. Okay. Well, that this this podcast is, you can tell that we've been cooped up in our house all week. Right. So she just sent me a pic of the, I'll have to post this on the on the internet. So you'll just see the picture of the yeah, eggs on it, my wife's bumper. You should put it in the show notes. Yeah. Amazing. So put dang, it all. We're going to have impressive. everything in the show notes, Shetland ponies, yes. video interviews with Guidestone, Sibbets Madness, Sibbets Madness, um, and a picture of the eggs on the bumper. On the bumper. So, all right. Yes. On the back bumper, by the way. Everybody Front stay. Front bumper, I think, would have yes. been a little more difficult. Everybody stay safe and healthy. Yes. Um, practice social distancing. Let's all do everything we can to flatten the curve. And we are praying for all the churches out there who are walking through this, continuing to be the church, take care of their people, even as they do some of this through a distance. All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week, folks. We'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.